everyone. This is Two Brothers Review, the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Star Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. We're two brothers that like movies and are going to review it for you today. Uh, before we get too, too far into Star Wars The Last Jedi, I uh, wanted to do our sort of weekly kind of genre pick. Uh, and since we're talking about a Star Wars movie, we're, today we're going to do our favorite Star Wars movie of all time. I can't wait for Ty to tell me it is... Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> it's not Revenge. <laughs> Listen, you ride hard for the first trilogy. It's fine. That's not even true. Uh, t- I shouldn't admit this, but I have never seen the first trilogy. Gosh. I got those Blu-rays. You let me know. Those seem like the quintessential Blu-ray movies. <laughs> it's like just <laughs> in that time when technology went awry for a minute. Yeah. A little too much tinkering. A little too easy to do that CGI. Yeah. So hot right then. It's too much too fast. My favorite Star Wars movie is... Um, now I, I can only think of Revenge of the Sith, which is annoying. <laughs> is that your favorite? No, absolutely okay. not. I can go. Go ahead. My favorite is Rogue One, by far. <laughs> it's, it's, the only one, it's the only one that I genuinely love. I'm not a huge Star Wars uh, fan, but Rogue One, oh, it's such a... It's such an amazing movie, and I love so much that everyone dies at the end. It's like, that's a crazy choice to make, really. Also, it just raises the stakes of the whole movie incredibly high. And, yeah, it just shows, like, I don't know, it just felt it felt not like a Hollywood movie. It's amazing to me that it came out of the Disney, um, Disney Lucasfilm juggernaut. Hmm. I... I think the thing that's so interesting about that movie to me is like the production story around it yeah. and how they totally, tonally changed the movie right before it came out. That's what I, I guess I don't know. I never saw the original cut, but that it really is. It's just like the story around it was so interesting to me. Uh, and I thought it was really good, but uh, I, I haven't rewatched it. So like, I don't know if I'd ever go back to it. Mm-hmm. Except for that scene with Darth Vader at the end. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. I haven't rewatched it either. I really liked uh, Forrest Whitaker's part, and yeah. just super interesting because he, yeah, well, not melodramatic. Like it, there's, yeah, there's people just doing their best and they're failing, and mm-hmm. he he seems like a bad guy, but then actually he's, he's done his best to help her. Welcome to Two Brothers Review, Rogue One. <laughs> we, just kidding. We'll move on. It was before our time. <laughs> Uh, no, for me it is um, Return of the Jedi. I love the opening scene on Tatooine where Luke goes undercover and the the pit. Boba Fett's my favorite Star Wars character ever. He doesn't do so hot in that scene, but he is in it, so I'll take it. It's been a long time since I've watched it. All right, well, let's move on to uh, The Last Jedi. We'll just start out kind of general feelings and thoughts. I guess I'm going to start with Going into the movie, I was, uh, I guess, not that impressed by The Force Awakens. I feel like it was a very much carbon copy of A New Hope, told the same story. And I was just like a little worried that this was going to continue that trajectory. Uh, but I was actually uh, really surprised, uh, pleasantly, that it, I guess, you know, a different director, but really a tonal shift and took the story in a new direction that I was happy with. Um, 
I saw this as a double feature where they showed Force Awakens and then The Last Jedi. And it just made that contrast really clear in my mind of like, you know, they did all this work to build up tension in The Force Awakens. And then kind of immediately in The Last Jedi, they dispel some of that, like especially between Luke and Rey in the training scenes. They dispel that tension um, by having him throw the lightsaber over his shoulder. And yeah, just bringing more comedy into it, I feel like. <laughs> okay. Out on the comedy, huh? Man, well, I don't... I, if I was going to say my general impression of it, I didn't like it very much at all. There were a few parts of that. There were a few elements that I really liked a lot, I guess. But uh, I, I just remember at the beginning, one of the first things... I think it's the first thing you see is um, Poe interacting with the general. And it's this ridiculous prank like a prank call kind of dialogue. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, they're just, they're trying to be like a Marvel superhero movie. Yeah. And just from there on, I was like, okay, you guys are trying too hard to match what other people are doing right now. Um, and then I felt like, if, if you think about a lot of the Star Wars movies as having an arc where you go through and you learn something new and something completely changes by the end... I think this one didn't have that at all. It, it felt very static and very, like, a simple problem. The um, Escaping from this fleet. Escape from the fleet, and that takes the whole movie, and they do it in a weird way, but whatever, fine. You can do it however you want, but it's very simple. And then that's the movie. The whole movie is based on just escaping from the fleet. And that seems like, I don't know, I, just shocking to me how basic that is. Well, I think... Kind of what I would say is this this movie just felt very contained. Like, it took place over maybe two and a half days yeah. of, like, real time. And I think that's unusual for the Star Wars movies. And maybe it's kind of the same principle of what you're saying. Just, like, too small of a narrative story. And while things changed... What changed? Well, the commander, Snoke, died. The, you know, like, the rebel fleet is pretty much... 30 people by the end of the movie. It's still very much there, like, Rey and Kylo Ren are opposed to each other. And they're the two, they represent the two sides of the Force. I guess that's, that stayed the same. Yeah, there were no developments in that, in that, in that key relationship. Sort of like, because the first one, I mean, you can remind me if I'm wrong, but the first one ends with this weird, like, you don't know, maybe they like each other. Maybe they're gonna fight each other. They're they're yeah, they're like fighting the forest, but yeah, there's like some weird stuff going on. Yeah, and then at the end of this one, same. Like, oh, maybe they're gonna be connected. I mean, he gets kind of angry. Kylo Ren gets angry towards the end of this one, and I have a feeling like probably in the next one, he's not gonna be friendly at all to Ray. But yeah. I'm not sure. It, like, like, well, they could just walk it back. Yeah, I feel like there's nothing like sacred in that now. Yeah, so that relationship didn't. Didn't really change much at all. Also, I just felt like, yeah, like along with uh, it being very self-contained and it's kind of a small event, in the first Star Wars, the first three, um, you have these epic things like Luke gets his hand cut off, Harrison Ford gets frozen. These are things like, I remember as a kid watching him being really affected. Like that's scary and that's horrible. Yeah. And that, that's epically bad. And I feel like everyone gets off just fine, kind of. Like, there's no super harsh consequences where you're like, yeah, these people are freaking, 
freedom fighters and they're given everything. Oh, well, Admiral Akbar died. <laughs> he, he might be my favorite Star Wars character. <laughs> you feel like he's always in a good mood. <laughs> right? It's, it's tough to read those facial expressions. Uh, well, I... You know. You get it. I uh, project onto him what I want. <laughs> okay. Um, you're right. I think for the main characters, things don't really change so much. Uh, it bothered me how many of the rebel fighters died in this movie. Like, Too many? Yeah, yeah, just like as soon as they started firing on those transport vessels, uh-huh. I just felt so bad. I was just like, I don't know, 100 people on each of these? 30, 50 people on each of these? Yeah. Okay, interesting. So maybe... That affected me. I didn't know. Maybe those were the high stakes. I don't know. You never meet those people. And you, don't, you never, And you never see who dies. Right. They're... I mean, luckily, every important character got on the same boat. <laughs> He's on the one that didn't get hit. <laughs> but luckily. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's, let's keep going. Um, talk about some more specific things. Did well, you... Also, oh, go, no. Never mind. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I don't know if you have this planned for later, but th- there's also this crazy... Our, um, it just seemed like everyone failed over and over again. Yeah, no one was successful. That's so, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's kind of cool, I guess, but it, it felt very unsatisfying to me. You sort of want your heroes to be heroic. Yeah. yeah. And there's this weird... So the thing I looked up afterwards was I left, I left the theater feeling like there's definitely some kind of a weird feminist thing going on where a lot of the heroes are feminine and just the, like the fact that the rebels are controlled by, the, by um, Leia and then the Lord Ern's character. And so I wanted to, and I mean, yeah, I, I think that's a common critique I've seen and since seeing it, reading about it online. Um, but they made all the men on their errands, on their, on their subplots to try to get away from the, um, try to escape the, what is that force called? The, the, the evil guys are called what? The uh, First Order. The First Order. They're trying to escape from the First Order. And they, um, all the men fail and all the females are in charge of, and they succeed. And I don't know. I guess that's it. I mean, I'm happy women are succeeding. I just... <laughs> yeah, that's what <laughs> I just would like, like to see some heroic victories too. And well, yeah, well, I think even the successes were... Pretty bitter. I mean, you know, Laura Dern does stop the fleet through suicide. Like, all right, let's go. Let's go until we get to some likes and dislikes because I have some dislikes about this movie. (laughs) Okay. You know, there are a couple of the main characters we talk about, but I'm interested in Laura Dern. You know, thoughts on what are your thoughts on her and Benicio del Toro, kind of especially. Okay, and you want um, comments on their acting more than... More than the story. The writing, or the, yeah. what they had to do. Oh, okay, well, I, I thought Benicio Del Toro was freaking amazing. <laughs> I love his character. Just made some real choices, though. Yeah, such strong choices. Well, that's good, isn't it? Or right, well, yeah. Did you think it was a negative? I just thought it was a little weird. Yeah, but for me, he was the only one who was like a real person in the movie. Felt more lived in, more realistic, you're saying? Yeah, like... A, like yeah, he's not doing everything I would do. Yeah. He has a personality. But, okay, now let's talk about what happens in the movie, because 
Do you think they established him enough for that betrayal to... No. <laughs> that was such a weird... Yeah, like a weird, very def- kind of deflated scene. Where he's like, like, okay, well, no, I betrayed, betrayed you. And you're like, wait, what? What just happened? Why? Why? Like, why was he this, like, not the person they were supposed to find on this planet, but still had the exact same skill set to do. And weirdly convinced them to go with him. But then only to sell him out for money? Uh, and he did the genuinely nice thing where he took the, I mean, he had that moment where he was like, multidimensional. Yeah. With the necklace, and he, but he returns it. And he returns it. Yeah, just weird, weird writing. Okay. I hated that. Yeah. He's, I would love a movie about him, though. That, like... <laughs> yeah. Who's this gambler who can pick locks and move, move about? Because it's generally... The other thing I loved about him that I think was missing from all the other characters is he was conflicted, or he was... He was kind of, he was kind of like practical, real-world person, like... Recognize both sides. Yeah. Like, he made the point, he made the comment um, that the Rebel Alliance, they're just, they're buying weapons just like uh, the other side. And so, I think that's something that's really interesting that you could play with, like, show how the Rebel Alliance isn't perfect either. Right. You know, that's an interesting story to me. And he could be a big part of telling it. He, you could see what it's like to be an arms dealer in that war. I mean, in a little way, it, or in some ways, when he was like, "I'm an ar- or we stole the ship of an arms dealer," part of me was like, "That's a little bit too 20." I was going to say 2017, but that's a little bit too 2011. Or you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, we have this feeling right now. Like currently, it's really bad to sell arms to Iran or. We need to control arms sales to jihadi terrorists. It feels a little bit too contemporary to me. But having said that, I mean, it is kind of an interesting... Like, what is the arms sale world like in the Star Wars universe? Yeah. I would love to explore that. You think we bring Jonah Hill Miles Teller, do a little War Dogs to a Star Wars story? Star Dogs. Star Dogs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that was a mess. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um... All right, I think I think Laura Dern did a good job, but I just could never separate her from like Big Little Lies, Laura Dern, or I don't know. She just <laughs> she doesn't seem like a Star Wars character. Yeah, very much. She's not weird enough. Yeah, I don't. She also played it very staid, very buttoned up. Right. No personality again. Yeah, I mean, do you think? I mean, Star Wars did has done this transition where there are more female heroes but there are also now only human heroes yeah like I don't know where why are no one why is no one in this rebel like where are the aliens in this in this world like the first order is like all humanoid or they're all humans but I think that's because they're like supposed to be racist you know but like why would the rebel alliance also be like that specious I think you should say specious Oh, let's not talk about Bright again. <laughs> I thought Laura Dern didn't do a good job. Yeah, me I also, and this is not her acting fault, but I hated that she waited to tell her plan. There's no reason to wait. Right. Poe is directly challenging her, like, you have no plan, what are we going to do? And then 15 minutes later, she's like, he's like, 
oh, you're taking us to a base? I probably wouldn't have mutinied against you if I knew that. And there's no reason to wait. Like, your plan is better if you escape now. Why wait? Like, there's a risk. The longer you wait here, there's the, the more risk that something, ha- like your shield goes down unexpectedly. Who knows? Right. Like, so if, if that's really your plan, do it as fast as you can. Or put people in these transport things and send them other places. Like, don't, I don't know. It's like, don't have all your eggs in one basket. Right? Like, they were far enough away from the First Order fleet that they wouldn't notice the transport ships leaving. So why not get on the transport ship and send them to different planets? Disperse. No one will ever know. Or a darn. <laughs> Dirty darn. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and the crazy Princess Leia floating in space thing. That was so weird. Without, that's, that's not with, there's no precedent for that, right? No. Surviving in space? Yeah. No, absolutely. Does Darth Vader do it in one of the movie in one of the first three? He spins off in his TIE fighter, but he's still in a TIE fighter. Okay, I couldn't, that's the one thing I couldn't quite remember. But yeah, it just seemed like... And it was such bad CGI. Yeah. I think maybe because she was dead and they were doing it after. I don't know. It just looks cr- creepy. I don't know. I was really surprised they didn't have her fly the ship into the First Order. That would have been like a self-sacrifice... Way to go out, saving the fleet, and Laura Dern, who can act in the next movie because she's alive, could have stayed on as like this sort of Leia replacement. Yeah. I mean, I think they just, they must have had everything shot, and they must have just stuck with their original story, even though she died, which is surprising. I I would have killed her off in this movie. What are you going to do in the next movie? Total CGI the whole time? I'm sure, I would guess she'll either be dead at the beginning already, or... Ride her out right away. I would think. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, it's hard. Carrie Fisher's great. It's sad that she's not with us anymore. Yeah. I wouldn't say she's a great actress. You think her acting's great? Did you see Catastrophe? I love her as the mom in that. Yeah, she is the mom in that. I love her as the mom in that show. She is so self-centered and kind of mean. That's funny. I forgot about that. Yeah, she's good in that. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the, I guess, more of the, the movie direction. Wait, what about, are we not, where do we, oh, what? what about Luke Skywalker? Oh, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Luke. The acting, bad, right? <laughs> I would guess, or say he's never been a great actor. <laughs> right? But, compelling. The story, right, is like. I don't know. He just did seems. Did you feel satisfaction at the end when he, he drifts away into the force? No, that doesn't make sense to me. Why did he need to do that? He'd completed his mission. I don't know. (laughs) Had he? Because they're still in trouble. Okay, that's tough. And he's got the temple to run, or he's got a... He's realized Jedi's can't end. It seems like he'd be invested in helping them continue. Yeah. I'm sure he's going to be one of those hologram characters in the third one. But maybe... I mean, who knows about the Force workings, but... Maybe it was, like, too much effort to project himself that long that he, he couldn't... Like, it actually did kill him to do that. Maybe. He doesn't say that. But I feel it. Okay. Good. I don't know. No, I... He just seems such a, a nihilistic version of himself. So another thing I've looked up since watching it is him, because there's sort of this feeling like he doesn't like the movies, the last two. Oh, really? Yeah. He's critical of them in interviews and things. Okay. 
And he said, I saw him say in an interview clip um, that he just kind of didn't agree with the direction that that Ryan Johnson took his character. Like, oh, I mean, that's weird to be to be Luke Skywalker for forty years or something. And if like you really know, I'm sure he feels like he knows that character yeah. more than anybody. Yeah, the clip I saw, he was saying like something like, if Leia really sensed that her son was in trouble, Luke would have done something different. He would have gone to help her. Yeah. He, he would have cared very much and been connected kind of through the force with his sister and been more active. And it made him this weird, passive, nihilistic um, hermit. When, yeah. when he, I, I think the feeling I got was Mark Hamill felt like Luke wouldn't do that. Well, um, right. He was always wanting to be part of the rebellion in the first movies, wanting to help. So he was disappointed that that's the character. That's what they did with his character. And I was too. Right? Yeah. Sorry, I know he said we move on, but no, there's just a lot of movie. There's a lot of actors in this movie. Because yeah. we haven't talked about Finn, Ray, and Kylo Ren. And I'd say two of those three did a great job in this movie. And Finn didn't have anything to do and it was kind of rough. Yeah. His the side plot of them going to that planet was so silly. Hard for me to I mean the the CGI, it was just too much CGI. Like, you, I think you just really notice it if it's like those horse creatures and in the casino. Uh, I don't like that. But no, it was awful. That's all we don't need to talk about. And that. and he was just weird, or the, just the tone of his interactions with his sidekick and and Rose, Rose, and I I can remember them getting to the casino and him being kind of weirdly wide eyed and loving it, and it's just like. No, this is a guy who... Well, whatever. Maybe you can argue that's legit, but it just seemed weird to me, and I lost interest. Yeah. yeah. We saw it. I'd, I'd seen it before we saw it again, and I, I needed to leave the theater, but I waited until a Finn scene, because I was like, I just don't care about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me neither. Oh, man. I liked Kylo Ren. I mean, I love Adam Driver. Ever since Patterson. Uh, yeah, I think he did a just like really angry. You could feel it in yeah. him, like that anger. And I love when he's just like, like who cares about the past to to Ray? Like it doesn't matter who your parents were. It doesn't matter about the First Order or Jedi. Like yeah, I love that scene. Like let's just let's do this on our own. Let's be together. I loved it because that makes total sense to me. Like I can understand a character who feels that way. Yeah, he, he's been through a lot. He also has to. He has some cognitive dissonance. He killed his father. He thinks his mother's dead. Um, he has to kind of justify it in his mind, and I can see that genuinely being a, a, a compelling and reasonable way of doing it. Yeah. Like you know what? I'm going to build something better. Um, I don't like that my parents have been part of this thing where we've been at war for years, and and I, and I don't like this Snoke guy who's made me do horrible things too. I'm done. I just want to build something that's the best. Is it possible to have that kind of ultimate power leader who is benevolent? Where like it's definitely possible. I thought that's where it was going to go. I mean, I still think it, he seemed like I said angrier, or meaner, or eviler at the end than I than he did at the beginning. Yeah. But like at the end of the Force Awakens, I thought there's a possibility he and Rey get together and rule benevolently. Like people's lives could be good if there was no fighting. Yeah. And you didn't 
you know, overtax them or whatever. Like, yeah, it's not maybe not the best. Not, it's not a Senate situation, but if, if you ever watch those first three movies, you'll see the Senate situation wasn't so good either. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of problems with that. Yeah, like I, it would be an interesting subversion of our expectations, right? I mean, that would be a cool. I think so. If it's like, well, actually, the first order's not so bad anymore. Like, people's lives are better under this situation. Which gives you the chance to explore what is the value of freedom. And it could be an interesting thing to get audiences to think about right now in our current climate. Um, To make people... Like, you have to start thinking, do I really value freedom for its own sake? Even Even if I don't need it as a means to an end for a happy life and a peaceful life. I think that'd be super interesting. Hmm. I, I loved a lot of the visuals in this movie. And so, even if I didn't always agree with the story, I think Ryan Johnson did a great job kind of setting up shots, directing. The things that especially stood out is that that hyperspace, you know, when she goes into hyper... Uh, I don't know what it's called. When she sacrifices herself and, and shoots through the hyperdrive, through the, through the fleet, like... Where it just sort of pauses, like, you know, it's like it's like a still image of that destruction it was very pretty. It was so beautiful. The red room fight with the like the samurai like guys all in red was was awesome. I agree. I love those two things a lot. Uh, he is going to be kind of leading a new trilogy of Star Wars movies that's been announced. Do you think? I don't know. Does seeing this movie make you excited for that or? Worried that it's going to be sort of a quippy, tongue-in-cheek type of Star Wars movie with jokes and... Yeah, I don't... I, I think he's going to try to copy Marvel. I think it's, that's what this movie indicates to me. That's the direction Disney might want it to go also. Totally. And it might be the same, you know, the same executives might have control or influence at least, input. Yeah. Yeah. Which is sad. Because I think... Yeah, it is... The original ones were called... Like an opera, right? Have you heard that? No, I didn't know that. They're described as this opera where it's very melodramatic. The the Darth Vader is super bad, but has this um, internal chink that actually allows him to, in the end, it's not. It's the opposite of a fatal flaw. It's like the fatal the the thing that redeems him. Yeah, and um. The, the story arc is very dramatic like you yeah and, and it's and it is about that it, it is about placing the characters in that dramatic situation and that's not what Marvel is Marvel is the quips and the the fast action and moving from one set piece to another set piece and I think it's too bad if they lose that yeah definitely do you have other kind of likes or dislikes you want to make sure we talk about from this movie? For me, I think we covered the, the biggest ones. Finn and Rose going to the casino planet. Laura Dern not sharing her plan sooner. And sort of the, the kind of joking. Which is like fun in some parts. Parts like, like with Chewbacca and the Porgs. Like, that's kind of cute, right? Like He's like, I'm about to eat this, chick- this like chicken and there's a chicken right next to me. It's yeah. kind of cute. It's like, that's not so bad to me, but it's just the, the number of it, the frequency, like the prank call. I hated the prank call so much. I know. 
Okay. Uh, anything else for, for me? No. I mean, I think I've hit most of mine too. Yeah. Oh, I guess the one other visual I love, that sand that turns red when you step on it. Ah, oh, it's so brilliant. Yeah, that was awesome. I could watch those. And just the idea of having ships that need to drag their tail in the sand to get those plumes of red dust. Ah, oh, beautiful. More of that. That was so pretty, but the scene was so... I had a hard time with that scene, though, because Finn was going to sacrifice himself... Yeah, ridiculous. And then, just like, they're driving together. He hard commits to going forward. And yet she somehow has enough speed to get around, <laughs> turn sideways, and hit him out of the path of the, of the blast. You can't explain the physics of that unless he wasn't going full speed. If he wasn't going full speed, he should have been. <laughs> he should have. No, that was such a ridiculous, horrible thing to have happen. Also, why did they need to move that cannon down to the Earth? How many... In every Star Wars, they shoot from space and <laughs> annihilate something on the surface of a planet. I don't know. Ridiculous. That, that whole setup. Again, it's like the stakes... It's such a small thing, this little group trying to run away, but they have to invent these crazy obstacles that, that don't make sense in order to make it dramatic because that's all they're doing in the movie. It's such a small thing. Because there's no other, like... There's not a drama in the story. There's not a legitimate hard thing that they have to overcome. Or yeah, I think we've been a little bit critical recently, and I am still going to rate this movie fairly high. Uh, it's your right to do that. I, it is. It's going to be a, a strong four. Four. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know where you at on this. I'm going to do it too. Ooh. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a. I wish I could have helped him with the story. I'm not, I'm not a professional writer, but I think I could have helped. <laughs> I got a couple notes, Ryan. Yeah. He's not doing the, the next one. J.J. Abrams is doing the ninth movie. Yeah. But there's also a Han Solo movie coming out next May, like in six months. Yeah. That's... Great. Is it? It's gonna be, we'll it go, see. It's going to get to a point where the quality of these movies is going to drop... Because the frequency is too high to actually generate good story, I think. Yeah. I'm worried. I, I, I share the same worry. Although. I love the character. Sure, yeah. I mean, Marvel, I feel like, has gotten stronger as it's gone along. But there are so many more stories to tell. So many more characters to pull from. Star Wars is much more limited. And I guess what they're trying to do is expand the universe and tell other stories. Yeah. But there's no established content for these other stories no but I think that that could be good I mean I guess I take Rogue One as the example freedom to tell other types of stories in this universe yeah like a detective noir story as in Star Wars that would be kind of cool that would be I think we write a spec script yeah let's do it it's like the Wolverine or the uh, X-Men movie that's coming out that's a horror movie oh have you seen the no I haven't seen a trailer for that it's the young mutants. Interesting. It's okay. In the, it's in the X Men. It's in that house, Xavier's house. Yeah. But it's just a straight up horror movie. Like, there's something that's in the house, some insidious force. Yeah. And they're all being terrorized by it. I think that's so interesting. Okay, so there's some potential there, I guess. All right. All right. Before we wrap up, uh, do you have another movie, TV show, book that you've been watching you want to recommend? Um, what's yours? 
Yeah, I'll go first. You go first. Uh, this is kind of... <laughs> there's an AMC series turn, like Washington Spies. It takes place in the Revolutionary War. And it's about uh, like a true story of a spy ring that operated on Long Island and in New York uh, to get information to the, um, the army and General Washington. Uh, it's like pretty stylized, but I've, I've enjoyed there's it's, you know, it's four seasons. It's done. I like starting a show once I know like what I'm committing to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of an interesting story. I feel like that sort of subterfuge and, um, that world of, uh, you know, time, you know, America, early America's at war was, it has been interesting for me. Sounds really interesting. I haven't heard of it. I, don't, I mean, it's an AMC series, so it's like well made, but I don't think it got a very strong critical kind of reception. But you know, good enough for four seasons, and I think the acting is pretty strong. It's good. Yeah, uh, I watched recently Godless, uh, just because I'd read that Steven Soderbergh executive produced it. Yeah. Did you watch it? Uh, I haven't. I've heard people talk about it. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was. It was pretty good. I liked the. I love the sheriff. Um, the actor does a great job, I think. And it has the Mary from Downton Abbey as the lead woman in it. It's a town of women in the West, like 18, late 1800s in the West. Yeah. And all their husbands died in a mining accident. And then there's this outlaw that's, that thinks that they're harboring a guy who betrayed his gang. And so he's going to come. They think he's going to come and they're getting ready. Okay. Um, yeah, the the outlaw, the evil kind of evil character in it um, was a little boy when his parents were killed at the Mountain Meadow Massacre by Mormons. Uh-oh. Uh oh. And that, and then he was, but he wasn't killed. He was taken, adopted by one of the Mormon families that perpetrated it. Yeah. And so he grew up very religious, but also very angry at religion. So there's some. He presents himself as a preacher all the time to people who don't know he's a outlaw um, and uses a lot of scripture, actually makes up scripture and says it like it's in the Bible, but uh, it's not. And people, some people call him on it. Some people don't know that he's doing that. Anyway, he's interesting. It's, uh, he's also very good um, character-wise. Nice. And it's short. I think it's just seven or eight episodes. So. That's good. Yeah, it's on my list of things to check out. Definitely. Cool. Now, this has been Two Brothers Review, the podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. Thanks for listening.